Hello and welcome to Sip and Savor. I'm your host, Mega McSwain. And today I'm joined by Lauren Bailey at Pastino. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you all. Well, this is super exciting because today we're meeting in Pastino's third and newest location in Houston. And this is at Town & Country. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. We're so excited to be here. So um, I want to... I want to start with saying, you know, you're from Arizona. You guys started Pistino in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. Phoenix. Yeah. So how and when and why did you choose Houston as, as a location for Pistino? Well, I'm a Texan. I was born in San Antonio. Oh, so I love I've it. always been getting a gentle amount of pressure from my mom to make it back to what, you know, she calls the homeland. And every time I tell her I'm coming back to Texas, she's extremely excited about that. Um, but, you know, we came here and... Craig, my partner, and I just really fell in love with the culture here and the food scene and the people. And, you know, I said to Mark last night, I was out with a friend of mine, and um, I every, I just fall in love with this place every time I come. I never want to go home. I love it so much. So, what, your mom, and when you take a home, your mom is in San Antonio still? No, she lives in Florida now. Oh, okay. But I live in Phoenix. I mean, go home right. to Phoenix. Right. Because um, there's just so, so much special about Houston yes. like that you guys have this incredible food scene you have the the people that live here are so kind and warm and fun the level of fun um is just blows my mind yeah that's no, yeah. true I'm a lifelong Houstonian so of course I'm biased but I agree with you <laughs> with all of that so I have to say uh with Pistino you have a location at in the Heights you have one in Montrose and now of course town and country uh, I'm a big fan so I frequent uh, Pistino a lot but I have to ask, with not living here or not being from Houston, how did you like nail it with the locations? Because I've seen people from out of town open stuff in Houston because they know Houston's a great food city and they just get the neighborhood or the location all wrong. Yeah. And, you know, because they think, oh, something's close to downtown. I'll have it here. Or they just get, you know, they're just they don't know the neighborhood. So I feel like you really nailed it. Real estate's hard and we're lucky that um, we really enjoy coming to visit. So I think we've spent a ton of time coming here and going around to the restaurants and understanding one of the most special things that you guys have are these really diversified, identifiable neighborhoods that have their own little myths about them, each of them. And we really wanted to understand those and then figure out where first we would fit the best I guess you could say and Montrose and Heights definitely felt that way for us and then when we came out here um, we also have an amazing real estate partner there's two people that they live here Jason Baker and Tracy and they um, work for Baker Cats they oh, well they're that's their company but um, they're incredible people and they are the type of partner that will tell you like exactly what you said you're making a mistake with this spot and they did not do that obviously and guided us here and what we really try to follow is a, a little bit more of an organic approach where we get taps from our customers and we're like can you please open one in my yes. neighborhood and you know we were talking about this earlier of like why are we really we're doubling down on Houston because we love it so much but part of Postino is like not about coming here and just doing one or two it's really investing in the city and in these really defined neighborhoods and being a part of each one because you know you can see these aren't huge restaurants and we don't want to just do a big place where everybody can come we want to be a part of that neighborhood and make it like their post you know well i was going to say that you know I'm, I'm in town and country now and this this location is gorgeous but even heights and montrose they're all very unique pastino that brand is very evident in the in the restaurant but they're also very much part of the neighborhood like montrose feels very different than heights and it's just a different vibe 
Patty, it's uh, like you said, it totally fits in that pocket. We like that's intentional, but I do think it's not like we're going to come in there and tell it in the neighborhood what it needs to be. What we do is leave a little space for it to evolve into itself and for it to tell us its story. And we have a person on our team, Aaron Kimberlin, who we, we he has a lot of he wears a lot of hats, but one of them is historian. So he once we identify an area that we want, and even more importantly, a site that we want, he starts digging in through the archives and finds out what it is about that area or space that makes this place special. And in this area, what's cool about it, this was really where a lot of homes were built in the 50s and 60s, and these were like people's first homes, which was the inspiration for the key wall. Okay, yeah. So key. I have to say, when you walk into this town and country location of Castino, there's this impressive wall full of keys. I mean, keys upon keys upon keys, and it's just 26, gorgeous. 26,000. Wow. It's really a gorgeous, uh, I guess, art installation. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really pretty. Thank you. They were all donated by our customers too. Oh wow! Which she knows spiritually, which we're all hippies. We try to keep that under wraps somewhat, but you know we <laughs> love the spiritual nature of that. Those coming from people who already love Postino. Well, this location, among the others, has a great energy. So I think you guys are doing a good job there. Um, so we're gonna taste. Yes. We're going to taste some wine and we're going to taste some snacks. Um, the most interesting man at Upward Projects happens to be in the building today. Okay, so we are going to be joined uh, by Brent Karlicek. Uh, and he is, I guess, the wine expert at Pastino here. So we're going to pick his brain and we're going to taste, um, let's see, we've got a cheese board, these famous bruschetta boards, which we have to talk about because I love this idea that you guys do. Uh, where you can pick and choose your own bruschetta and it yeah. comes on a board and, and you can just nosh with your wine. It's the most fun. It's the way to eat. Okay, so here's Brent. Welcome, Brent. Thank you so much for having me today. And thank you so much for pouring my wine. Uh, <laughs> I really like to try it. Let us talk about that wine. Yeah, so what are we trying today? This is a delicious Valley that we produced in collaboration with some friends at a wine called Requiem. Oh, I love that name. We love white wines from the Columbia Valley of Washington, their minerality, their freshness, their cool nature. And this has such a beautiful white floral, kind of green melon, and grapefruit pit quality that just speaks to Sauvignon Blanc's character. Yeah, it smells so lovely. And it would be exceptional with that brie, apple, and fig bruschetta, which is just staring at us. Right that now. is one of my favorites. Not only is it visually stunning with these like thinly sliced apple pieces on this thick toast, but it just tastes so good with that, that sweet and tart and creamy, creaminess of the brie. Gorgeous. Doesn't it smell like summer in the glass? Yeah. I'm celebrating Postino today. I'm celebrating Postino, and I have been consuming that particular bruschetta for 13 years, and I, I think about it. Lucky so man, good. lucky man. Well, we'll go ahead and try uh, try one of these, but I am going to ask you a question. I want to know about the wines. How do you know what you want at Pistino, if it's going to be a fit, and how often do you change the wine menu? It's an amazing question. We change the wine menu three times each year. Every time that we change the menu, when someone walks in this restaurant, there are familiar comfortable varietals and regions they can sit down their shoulders can drop and they can say ah that's the wine that i love but we also want to overlay a number of varietals and regions that are uh, dynamic and interesting and unique um, introduce people to new experiences help them explore the world of wine and that's the beauty of the program that we have those things playing together 
it can appeal to those that are looking for comfort and those that are looking for excitement. Okay. And so I want to talk about the, um, your famous happy hour. I mean, this is like something people just really love, the $5 class before 5 p.m. So how do you manage that with these? I mean, I'm sure you're finding these amazing wines with this, with this happy hour. People are probably rushing in before 5 p.m. Uh, they are, and that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Why wouldn't we want people rushing in? Why wouldn't we want a restaurant where at lunch everyone has a glass of wine or a bottle of wine for their group? Wine is food, wine is for the people, and $5, seven days a week, makes that happen. Yes, I love that. Uh, you'll find me here often before 5 p.m. <laughs> okay, so we're starting on our second wine. Brent, tell us about this wine. It's a rosé, yes? This is a rosé, but let's start by talking about Riesling. Okay. So arguably, the greatest white variety on the planet, the most incredible translator of place, Riesling is everything. And that love of the grape led us to Dr. Lozen in the Mosul River Valley of Germany. And for the past number of years, we've been making a collaborative reasoning called Perfect. That relationship has been so beautiful. And uh, Ernie Lozen has some vineyards in the falls that are Schmidtbegender or Pinot Noir. And thus, we've had an opportunity to craft this rosé of Pinot Noir in the falls together that's so subtle so silky, that mineral and white pepper and that young strawberry and just a little bit of citrus. Um, this is a wine making so fantastic for the table, that juicy acidity. Um, and thinking about that incredible plate in front of you with that prosciutto, a little bit of those peppers. This is such a versatile wine. That is exactly how you described it. It does have a juicy juicy finish and it does make you kind of want to pair it with something like this now what is this called this dish that we're trying to do? this is our our version of antipasto so it has a really beautiful uh truffled burrata on the side here some roasted peppers grilled artichokes hearts of palm and then we have a selection of charcuterie over as well and then some nice pieces of cheeses so you can kind of have some nauseous while you're enjoying this juicy wine yes this wine is uh is perfect that you know when you said riesling i'm not gonna lie i thought oh is it gonna be too sweet because i just don't you know i never drink sweet wine but this is really balanced and really nice someday in the future we will pour a delicious dry riesling in your glass and your world will be changed. But for the moment, let's just focus on this rosé pinot noir and how juicy it is. Yes, no, this is lovely. He it's will make you fall too. in love with Riesling. You know, I believe you because I've, I'm sure I've just been drinking the wrong ones or the ones that just don't see, suit my palate, but I'm sure you'll lead me in the right direction. Um, I would love to learn. What I found is that they are so diverse and complex, the different ones of any of the varietals. I think, and I'm not anywhere near what Brent is, like five miles. I'm in, I'm in like preschool and he's getting his doctorate, just to give you context. But um, the, what I found is I think that that varietal has the, the most diversity when it comes to like, you could have this one and this other one and you would not even know that they are the same technical grape. It's fascinating, right? And whether it's a bone dry style or yeah. dry style or off dry or sweet or honeyed in style. Honeyed, um, I like it's, that. You know, it's also, as I said, such a wonderful translator of the place. You know, the, the site where it grows shines through in the wine and thinking about the diversity of 
uh, climates and terroir across the world that it goes in and lives in. I could I could drink a different reasoning every day of the week. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'll have to learn um, because I I want to know. I just I, I don't want to say no. I'm not going to drink that. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's probably for sure a reason. I was like you though. I, I love high acid wines and really bright. Like yeah. And um, I think the more that certainly that Brent passes you a bottle, get a little hot, yeah. especially with spicy food. Yeah. Oh no, that that makes sense. I mean, I tend to drink white because red gives. I've had just terrible migraines my whole life, so I try to stay away from red. It looks like I'm in Napa, and then it's like game over. <laughs> But, um, game over slash game on. Yes, game, <laughs> yes, slash game on. But um, but yeah, no, I I tend to drink white, and it is really just great with spicy food. How basic does that sound? Not I feel enough. like okay. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Okay. Yeah, just an easy wine for sure. I'll drink it all. So, are we gonna try one more? Let's try one more. Okay. This is Costa. This is a heritage red blend coming from Contra Costa County in California. The vines that produce the grapes for this wine are over 100 years old. Wow. And these are uh, a number of varietals of Carignan and Zinfandel and Petite Syrah and Alicante Boucher that uh, during Prohibition and pre-Prohibition were planted frequently because of their ability to travel to the great cities of the Midwest and the East Coast where people would make wine in their basement. Or wow. Their hotel, wherever it may be. <laughs> um, so we have these wines um, that play so well together. There's a deep, dark color to this wine. Beautiful kind of purple floral aromas and earthiness, kind of spicy pepper quality. The wine that works so well with the salumi on our menu. Um, the tannin of the wine and of the silky fat of the salumi being so harmonious together. This is a project that we put together each year with a winemaker named Matt Klein. He and his family produced a number of amazing projects over the past couple of decades. But we're really grateful to work on this together. So this is the first red we're trying, and it's fat. It's really smooth. Really nice, very drinkable. I could see myself drinking a lot of this, whereas usually I drink a little bit of red wine. So you're on to us. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you like your selections and you like to drink a lot. Right? Yes, yes, yes. No, this is no. definitely one of them. This is excellent. That is able to work with so many of these dynamic dishes in the product. I'm glad this represents that. So, with the exception of, of course, like the honey and the sweetness of the certain cheeses that we've tried uh, today, do you guys have dessert where you pair certain wines with just really well paired with dessert? We do have some exceptional desserts, without question. You know, and there are some wines that we can pair with those desserts, but we also like to think of wine as dessert. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you were to stop by at you know, 9 o'clock tonight with your husband and you wanted to sit and have a conversation, we might pour you a little taste of some Barolo Quinato. See, I'm doing that 360 back to my favorite group, Nebbiolo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That beautiful version of uh, Barolo infused with flowers and herbs. Uh, so much complexity. Like in the you sit there and smell it for a while. Yes. Almost uh, just smelling the wine will reduce your conversation at some point. Um, so, 
you said um, the the wines you change them three times a year, but the menu is that pretty solid? Or do you guys change that as well? On the culinary side? Yes, on the culinary side. Yeah, we're always adding some fun new things. We actually have a few um, in the R&D process right now, one of which Brent is very excited about that involves um, some incredible mushrooms that we're looking at. Um, but it does change time to time. But there are a lot of really um, key pieces to the menu item, like items like bruschetta that we probably will never change. They're just the it's staples. So yeah, it is. It's like when I see this, I know pastino mm -hmm. because the pieces are sliced. There, it's it's really nice for a group to share, and it's just the perfect wine snack. Like when you're drinking wine and you want to eat something, but you want a whole meal. Yeah, I feel like this is the place for that. Um, what other dishes do you guys have that you feel like people have to try when they come in here with, with a lovely glass of The cauliflower, for sure. It's a sleeper, you know? I mean, I think people order it, and it comes out, and it's this big, full head of cauliflower with this incredible romesco sauce. Oh, and, wow. That's a head turner. Yeah. Golden raisins, caper vinaigrette on the top, and it's um, just really, really lovely to share also. And I think the flavor combination is unlike anything I've ever had. That's gorgeous. Um, that romesco sauce really gives it a bright pop of color. And really, this is like a mountain of cauliflower on the plate. So, I mean, it would be good enough for And I'm sure the saltiness with certain wines just pair. You know, uh, this roasted cauliflower uh, was a staple for me uh, every other day for a good period of time when we put it on the menu. It's that delicious. This is exceptional with an amazing bottle of Chardonnay. In particular, something like a Chablis that has a real fantastic kind of lease quality to it. Um, the combination of the Maillard reaction, the caramelization of the cauliflower with that Chablis is just magic. Okay, so now I know a nice Chardonnay with this cauliflower dish. Okay, what other tips can you give us? What um, What's your favorite, what's your go-to? Go to. You know, I know it's tough. The world of wine is like the world of music. It's tough to kneel down yes. like your favorite song or your favorite. Okay, funeral song though. Like you gotta have that. Like, okay. what's your wine that you're like going to? I have a passion for Nebula. Oh wow! And visiting Piedmont a few times with some great friends, exploring the rolling hills of the Langue. You are painting and, me a picture. And shaving, <laughs> shaving truffles over everything yes. with incredible bottles of Barolo and Maloresco um, makes my soul ignite. Well, my soul's ignited. I told well. you, he's the most interesting man alive. I actually <laughs> wanted to come up with this game where Brent has to describe um, something terrible, but in his way that makes it not sound terrible yeah, because I think it's like. You can describe like, a total cleaner and the what what about it it is and it make you want to probably eat it because he's that good. Sincerely, <laughs> he's that good. Wow. It's the passion oozing through his veins yes, on everything, is there. and he puts that into his selections. You know, I I think I said this. He's very humble, but um, the wines that he selects every time we change the list, they're all little children of his that he's worked so hard to select for our guests you know that makes a difference and i've spoken about this before and i whenever i tell people you know there's so much that goes behind what you see on your table when you're coming in for dinner or for brunch and you're looking down at this beautiful cheese board and this glass of wine the steps before it landed on your table are so many and someone really put a lot of thought into it and i mean that's clear he's tasting here. literally hundreds of wines right. before we select 25. I mean, how many? Probably go through 500, maybe more. And not only the selection process, but as mentioned, there are so many projects that we're putting together with some of our favorite. So, Nebbiolo, the winery that every year 
sample their brother La Alba, brother La Asti, their Manginebiolor, their Cerro La Alba, and we work together to come up with a custom blend, usually Nebbiolo and Barbera. We call Viso after Monte Viso, this beautiful Italian album, right? We're inspiration for the Paramount Pictures. Okay, okay. Little interesting tidbit there. <laughs> so not only is it the selection process, but it's tasting through these components, blending them to create the ideal profile, and then yeah, bringing that, that to you exactly. at this table. Sincerely from us. Yeah, I love that. I feel like you can come to the casino, look at the menu, pick a glass of wine, and even if it's not maybe your thing, like you're not a red wine drinker, you're probably going to get a beautiful taste of something. I mean, I, we feel, I feel like you can just leave the trust in your hands. We're grateful for that. <laughs> so uh, back to the food real quick. I, I want to talk about you guys are open for, let's see, lunch, dinner, brunch? Yeah, and nauseous. I mean, that's the thing about the menu that's so nice is that you don't have to come in here and eat either. If you just want to come for wine, you can. But also the way that the food menu is set up, you can just get an appetizer. You can have just dessert. You can do whatever you want. It's really flexible, and that's um, an, an intentional thing that we do. Yeah, wine all the time. Yeah, yes. anytime. Come yeah, and sit on your laptop and work and finish off the day with a glass of wine. I oh, like wait, that. Is that true? I can bring my laptop here? And 100%. Oh, yes. like, plugs everywhere. You can oh, plug in. Yeah. my new work from home destination. Come yes, on down. Excellent. <clears throat> I yeah. love it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, if you're feeling like you're, you know, cooped up in your house working from home. I am. And you know what? I'm always in coffee shops, and there's always so much coffee I can drink. Can yeah. you tell? I'm just like, hey, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I need a, I need some more more fun. You know, yeah. especially after like two p.m. Come on in. <laughs> well, cool. Um, can we talk about the cheese board because that is gorgeous. This is a new, this is a new iteration of what we used to do. So you haven't seen this before. No, I have not. And um, I'm a big cheese board fan. Uh, I make them at home and I love seeing what people do in restaurants. Um, so okay, so this, this is cheese. probably my one I'm the most excited about. This Cambazola with um, honey and walnuts. The combination is really out of this world. It's just um, incredible. Blue cheese with um, with honey is a traditionally amazing pairing, but this is next level. That cheese is not a traditional blue in that it's a little lighter in um, pungency, I would say, and a little creamier. And then you next door, you have um, the rotating selection, and today we have the Barely Buzzed. So that's a, um, a, a beehive is the, is the creamery, and they rub that with espresso brine, so it gets that nice, really earthy oh, coffee influence. That. Yeah. Yes. And then you have a Diaphanol Triple Creme Brie, um, next door with a delicious fig jam underneath and then this is the sleeper piece right here these are candied oranges and yeah those are gorgeous I was they're, they're equally as delicious as they are good looking so you can eat those with the cheese yes or so anything yeah sweet. or on their own or anything you want it's meant to kind of mix and match all up there gorgeous and what is this is it cracker or it's lavash so we felt like too that you wanted to kind of have a little crunch maybe a little bread and um on the side with the cheese too that you can spread all of those on Love that. That's gorgeous. Well, we are all set here to have our little happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. Uh, congratulations on this new space. I think I, I truly do think it's going to be so successful as Montrose and Heights because there's really a lot of town and country personality here. So congratulations, y'all. And thank you for joining me on Sip and Savor. Thank you for having us. And see you next, soon. Well, next time, Sip and Savor well.